The first reading is taken from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 34, and is found on page 1155 of the New Testament. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, And last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false, false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him in fact But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the death comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. 
but each in his, in his own turn. Christ, the first fruits, then, when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to, dis- to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him, who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I die every day. I mean that, brothers. Just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. The second reading is taken from Luke, chapter 24. Verses 1 to 12 is on page 1061. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering about, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman, 
because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Good morning, everyone. Just bow our heads and pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come and open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts. Amen. I bet you're hoping I'm going to preach from all 34 verses. <laughs> Get out your hammock, James. I'm here, though. <laughs> what I want to do this morning is I want to um, encourage you in your faith, in your belief in Jesus, the risen Savior, because believing that he is alive makes all the difference to us, to our futures. My text is going to be for I passed on, I received, what I received I passed on to you as a first importance that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He appeared to Peter and to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers, some of whom have fallen asleep. Some, some are alive and some have fallen asleep. Is this quite loud or is it how it should be? It is quite louder. It is how it should be. It's fine. You like it loud? Okay. <laughs> Sounds loud. I'm not saying that this summer will count because it's got off to not a very good start. But I have seen quite a few summers. And in my journey through life, I found that some of the things which I believed strongly, I no longer believe. So, when I was a young warthog in the Anglican ministry in Zimbabwe, I fired off some really hot sermons about homosexuality. Wow! And now, I believe I was wrong. I was wrong. I fired off some really good sermons, or I thought they were good, about women in leadership. Hey, I was a young warthog. And I believe now I'm totally wrong. I got that wrong. I believed it firmly. I believed it based on my readings of the scriptures. And I believe I'm wrong in those things. 
all sorts of things we believe, don't we? And then we change. We start to see things as life goes along. We start to see things from other perspectives. We start to hear other voices. On that homosexual side, I started, I started working with homosexuals in, 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 with, in the thing called the um, National Constitutional Assembly where we were trying to create a free Zimbabwe. And so I was on this committee with these, these homosexuals who, who, were, who were putting themselves, they were putting their lives out on the line like we were all putting our lives out on the line. And I saw they just, they just want what I want. They just want to be free. Like I want to be free. They want to live in a democratic country like I want to be live, live in a democratic. They wanted to be treated properly just like I want to be treated properly. And of course, all the women in leadership, I've got a wife and two daughters, so I had no chance. (laughs) Some things will change. Some things have changed. But as the different summers have passed, one thing has not changed. And that is my belief in the resurrection of Jesus. My faith in Jesus, even though those other things are changing and going, my faith in Jesus is getting stronger. I'm believing in him more and more and more. That's not going. That's deepening. A belief in the first importance that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised again on the third day. And what Paul is doing here is he's establishing the historicity, the happenedness of the Jesus event. Because it's on the happiness, it's on that rock, that this faith that we, sh- we share, that's what it's founded on. The fact that those things happened. That he was killed and that he was raised again. Look what Paul says. He was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That he appeared to Peter and to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, to me also, as to one abnormally born. And that, that, that was how Paul talked about it. He talked about how Jesus' first appearance was to Peter. And that's what Luke tells us, doesn't he? When, remember on the road to... The, Emmaus, the two disciples, meet with Jesus, and then they run back to, to, to Jerusalem. They find the, 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 the disciples, and, says, and they say, we, we've met Jesus, on, and it, how we've made known in the breaking of the bread. Remember that? Yeah? And they said to him, yeah, we know, because he appeared to Peter. And then, of course, there's the, then, then Jesus appears to them all as they're there together in that upper room. 
He appears to the eleven. Notice that he, it, it, Paul says he appeared to the, ele- to, to the eleven or to the twelve. And, and then you see there in, in verse seven, he appeared to the apostles. The apostles. Clearly there was, there was the, 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 that group who were the, the, the twelve disciples, the twelve apostles. But by that stage, the apostolic group was wider as well than just, just those, those, those twelve. Um, Judas, of course, being replaced. So, so, so it's a wider group. And, and in the early church, a per, an apostle was a person who had seen the Lord Jesus. And, and, and there's the, there are more apostles than just, than just the twelve. Notice also the force of what he's talking about. He's saying that Jesus on one occasion appeared to 500 of the brethren. Most of them are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Now, when that occurrence happened, we don't know, do we? Because it's not there in the Gospels. It's not there in, 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 in Acts. But it's clearly, it, clearly in that 40-day period, there was an appearance with, with, with 500 of them. But notice as well that there's the, the force of what he's saying is this. He appeared to 500 people at one time. That's a lot of people. Hey, 500 people, a lot of people. Yeah. Most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. In other words, friend, if you don't believe me, contact them on Facebook and talk to them. Hey, that's what he's talking about. There are others around. This isn't just me talking. There's others you can ask. They're still they're still alive. In, in, look how, how um, Luke puts it in, 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 in his, not in, in the gospel, but in the start of Acts. Acts, Acts chapter 1. Verse 3. After his suffering, he showed himself alive and gave many convincing proofs. He ate with them, he, they touched him, they saw him, yeah? You know how sometimes something happens and you, and, and you say to someone else, did you see that? And if they haven't seen it, you think, I wonder if I ever saw that. <laughs> yeah? But here's all these people. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. They would have talked about it, wouldn't they? When they were eating a meal with him, they could taste the meal afterwards. You know, you can, you can still feel the effects of a meal. Yeah. They became convinced that Jesus was alive. And it's just awesome, isn't it? This whole, this whole concept of the resurrection is awesome. Because what we say as Christians is that the person we serve walked this earth, died, was buried, and then after the third day walked the earth again. Hey? The person we serve, we serve is the person who used to eat with his disciples, died, was buried, and then afterwards came and 
ate with the disciples. They will have touched him in all their years of following him. Yeah? Bumped into him, touched his hand as he was passing them something to eat or whatever. They touched him before. They, they watched him die. They saw the cross empty on the hill. Remember, they stood at a distance watching these things. They saw it all happen. And then, he's with them and they're touching him. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Many years ago, one of the reasons I went into the ministry, one reason was I felt God had called me into the ministry, but another reason was because, and a foundational reason was the more I studied the evidence for the resurrection, the more convinced I was of its happenness. Because once you say He is alive, that my Savior is a living Savior, Other religions have people that they follow, but they're all dead. Bit of a stumbling block. But Jesus lives. And because he lives, because he lives, you then work backwards, don't you? Why, why, Why did God raise this man from the dead? God raised this man from the dead because this man gave and 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 and eventually gave up his life into an horrific death. But that death on the cross wasn't just something that was something that it was was a purpose of death. It was quite literally on our behalf. It was for us. When we as Christians say, Christ died for me, we're expressing what actually happened. He did that for you. He did that for you. He did it for you. Yes. Yes. Isn't that what brings out our, our devotion to Jesus? Isn't that the reason that we, we do what we do and then we do it again and then we carry on serving? Isn't that why we try to give our best each day? Isn't it? Because He gave for us. So we seek to give for Him, don't we? Yeah? The resurrection means that actually that's the belief about how that, that sacrifice cleanses us. Because that's what we believe. That's what the scriptures tell us all the time. So when we're affirming that our sins are forgiven, they are under the blood, we're not just hoping against hope that somehow God's going to be kind to me. And just overlook what we've done. And he knows what we've done. And he loves us and he puts it under the blood. We are forgiven. All that Christ has won for you. It's there. Everything. 
forgiveness, the Holy Spirit, hope, life. Your Savior lives. Your Savior lives and your Savior lives and ever ever lives to make intercession for you. Who's praying for you to the Father? Who's praying for the church to the Father? Whoever lives. The marks of slaughter still on his hands. Pleading for us. When we come to that week of prayer and we're, we're praying down here. Every prayer. I believe Jesus hears. Yeah, of course he does. Because he's so hopelessly committed to us. Not that it's hopeless. But it's deep. It's wonderful. And so our lives, by God's grace and God's mercy, have been caught up with the Savior. Yes. And we have a hope. Yes. We live differently. Yes. So this is the question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Let me give you the context. In my normal life, (laughs) does anyone have a normal life? In my day-to-day life, I'm a salesman. I sell, uh, I, I, I sell things, and and as a salesman, you got to make the you got to make the numbers. Hey, that's the job. My father has made me promises around what I do, but Tim, the salesman wasn't making the numbers. So Tim the salesman starting to panic and he's starting to get anxious just like everyone does who's in that kind of work. And one morning as I was saying my prayers God said to me why do you look for the living among the dead? And I knew exactly what he was talking about. He has given me some very specific promises about what I do But because I wasn't trusting the promise, I was looking for the living. Sorry, I was looking for the dead among the living. Why are you looking for the dead among the living? Sorry, I get that confused. Why are you looking for the dead among? I was living like a person who was who was looking for, for for death instead of looking for life. Where are you trusting God? Sorry, where are you not trusting God where you know you should be trusting God? Where are you walking in your own strength where you know you should be walking in the strength of God? Or not even walking in it? In something you're doing? Because <laughs> hey? your God loves you. And the more you and I align ourselves with his great purposes, the more happy we're going to be. The more we're aligned with God, the more peace we're going to more peace we're going to have. The more aligned with God we have, the more joy is in our hearts, isn't it? 
And sometimes we lose our way. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we do. Eh? We lose our way. And we get lost. But the Savior is the good shepherd. He'll go after us. He will always go after us. He'll go and get us back. And he'll bring us home. Friends, your Savior lives. And because he lives, you and I live. And our horizon, our horizon is an, an eternal horizon. Because, because the Savior lives, one day, that great trumpet of God will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise, and we will be changed, and we will live in glory. Hallelujah. Amen.